This is iFanboy Pick of the Week 652, brought to you by Mac Weldon. For 20% off your first order, visit MacWeldon.com and enter promo code iFanboy at checkout. And a fanboy listener is just like you. Your eyes follow like a spotlight, two eyes like the sun. Go ahead, keep your distance from me, soon you're gonna call. When you flick your head like you don't care when you ask me where I'm from. That game that you're running, baby, you've already won. I need to know, no, no, what you need, 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 what you like, like, like. Hello, welcome to my family, episode 652. I'm Josh Flanagan. This is Connor Kilpatrick. I see what you've done here. See, what <laughs> with those of you who are not at home, man, I've noticed is that he read the script directly as written, and I hadn't changed it. So he... He's chastising me. And yeah. I just want to take this moment to acknowledge some of the low-level abuse that I've received on a regular basis since 2005. It was only partially chastising you. The other was a play on the fact that I'm on cold medicine. Mm-hmm. And then I'll just read anything. Yeah. So, sorry. Quotation marks, sorry. We are a fanboy. Every week we read a bunch of comics, and there's another big week this week. And one of us picks their favorite books. Their favorite book, just one book. Ron's not here anymore, so it's just the one book. We call it the pick of the week. We'll talk about that book, other books from the week, the patron pick. Maybe if we have some time, we'll do some listener mail. We didn't have some time last week, but maybe this time will be better. Well, that's why the emails are the exact same ones that you maybe had. Maybe we'll have week. better time management this week. We'll see. Either way, it'll be fun. It was a lot of books. The pick of the week this week is Mr. Miracle. Mr. Miracle number 11. And I didn't want to. <laughs> Well, you shouldn't feel bad about it. It was very good. No, I don't feel bad about it. There there were, as I was reading, I definitely had moments where I was reading other books and I was like, oh, that's pretty good. And then I got to, I had contenders and Mm -hmm. what we're going to be talking about as we go through the show. I read a lot of stuff that I enjoyed this week and I even, I read Mr. Miracle and, and I'll tell you right now, like when I got to the end, I went, I don't know if I like that. And then I finished a couple more books, and then I looked at everything, and I was like, all right, so I could make it. And I was like, oh, it's Mr. Miracle. It gets, still is. And and I could base that solely on the fact that – Well, only one book featured Dark Side Eating Carrots. You you know where I'm going with this. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, like, it's A, it's a callback to the veggie tray from uh, issue number four, which mm-hmm. I, I want to note that – uh, I want to say that was uh, m- middle of November, early November, or something like that. But there's a panel where the carrot is getting dipped in the dip, yes. and there's a little motion line. The swoosh, yeah. Yeah, and and he did that. Mitch did that, you know, back in whatever issue four, I think. And I, I looked, took a shot of that, and I was like, "There's your Eisner right there." And he won the fucking Eisner, by the way. And so he <laughs> called back to that thing, and it's a full page, nine panels of a silent. <laughs> <laughs> dark side eating carrot and and i was like this is everything i want it made me really happy and and it's not surprising yeah. there was a lot in here that was great there was but I, I share the trepidation that you feel and i don't know if it's for the same reasons but we'll get we'll get to the ending let's yeah, talk about yeah, all the great stuff that's happened before the ending though the part of the thing that i thought was super honest there's a lot of really honest parent stuff in this i thought well the story is that scott and, and barda yeah. take the their new son to meet the granddad who is dark side so they have the grumpiest granddad in the, in the known universe but I, I really liked how it was handled and there's a twist at the end so this is it wasn't, it wasn't just to meet the granddad actually it was a, it was the the treaty yeah. it was in the in the grand new god's tradition we will end this war if you give me your son and that's basically yeah. what happened to scott and 
Orion originally is that to end the war between New Genesis and Apocalypse, uh, High Father and Dark Side switched kids. So this is really how they end wars. It's pretty awful. Yes, it is. And I, but I I really enjoyed the sort of tone that was struck in like the throne room and the way that Scott was talking to Darkseid and talking to the kid and mm-hmm. and how it was going and sort of the beginning of it is sort of a hurriedly we're trying to get out of the house. Did you remember all the stuff? Yeah, you got it because that's really like a huge part right. of parenting. It's just that sort of scramble to do regular things. You know, when he's got his his carrot, he's got his crudite thing. You know, in his dip, and it's just a it was the same thing that Tom King's been doing really well for a while is that mishmash of, of sort of the, uh, the incredibly mundane and the incredibly fantastic at the same time. And I just, I like the tone that's set there. And then, you know, coming crashing into that is this sort of speech that Scott gives to his son, you know, which ends up being sort of a signal to Barda, who of course would never have put up with any of this and they don't. (laughs) And then a lot of things happen in a couple of pages and, and you're wondering sort of what's going to be, where this is going to go. And it seems as if they defeat Darkseid. And there's, there's a clever way to do it. You know, it's 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 a bit of Orion. The f- prophecy is fulfilled. And they make a knife out of Orion's whatever. <laughs> and it turns out that that's not Desaad. It's actually Metreon who's been there. And then something happens that I don't understand. Is it Metron or Metreon? Yeah, isn't that it? I don't know. Met- As I said, I'm on Dayquil. Metron, sorry, Metron. Metron is the movie theater I go to in San Francisco. Uh, let's talk about the ending. So, there's a double cross. Instead of giving the kid to Darkseid, they they double cross him, and they stab Darkseid in the head with this magical blade, and he's dead. They've killed Darkseid, and then as I'm- you said, it's not the side. It's Metron who reveals himself, and then he starts giving the the bad guy speech. How he's been in control this whole time, and you thought you could escape. You thought you could escape death, but no, uh, I've, you've actually been captured the whole time. You, there is another world that you escaped from, and we see a double page spread, beautiful double page spread from Mitch Gerards of the current New 52 world, including the terrible designs for Orion and Highfather. Mm-hmm. And then the, the screen has been flickering, this, the, the screen of the, the, the comic page. And so he says, basically, uh, you, th- you thought it was impossible to trap Mr. America. Well, you were wrong. It was really easy. And so the implication is that, None of from my perspective, and we'll discuss whether or not this is what you think, is that in the beginning of the, of the series, when he killed himself in the New 52 world and woke up sort of in the classic Kirby New Gods world, he's been in some sort of mind trap the whole time. And none of, none of this is real, including his son and whatever they've done, all these issues. That's my takeaway. That seems to be the case, and I don't like that, per se. I think we don't like it for different reasons, but I think we both don't like it. I don't like it because it's not it, the 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 thing that makes this touching is its realness. Mm-hmm. What's good is all these sort of genuine and sincere emotions that are coming through the writing about parenting and about those challenges, about the struggles that go on around it, and for parents and all that stuff. Even though it's couched in all this silly garish color stuff. And then if you say at the end there's none of it's real, then I don't get what the point is. I do get the point because you're still giving it, but I don't know, but it feels less. You're still experiencing it. None of it's real to begin with. Yeah. I totally get that. I hate unreliable narrator stories. This is almost like a giant unreliable narrator story in in a way. However, what really gets my goat is that, you know, one of the things we really liked was they were like, fuck it. We're just doing the classic Kirby costumes and stuff because those are awesome and the new ones are stupid. Oh, we're, we're citing them thoughts. I don't know what they were thinking. Now we're going back. 
which is terrible. So I, mean, I kind of like, like this as a story that took place in its own little pocket thing where we, we never decided Kirby's designs could be improved on and uh, we lived in this, in this old New Gods place and now mm-hmm. it looks like we're going back to the ugly place, the upside yeah. ugly place. It isn't going to take away from the fact that there's a lot of great things that happened in this series. No, you're gonna. I think well, obviously we have one more issue to go. We don't know how. It's going and this to is and this yeah. And this is this is really an academic discussion. It's you know like I'm 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 98 happy, but there's a little bit that's like. And even, even if that's how it ends up, and he's yeah. back in the world, and he's mm-hmm. never had a kid, it's still going to be a great read. It's still going to be a great book to yeah. give to somebody as a, as a whole. It's yeah. going to be a great story. Oh, and it's going to be a, a leveling up for two creators who you know who did stellar work. Did you notice in the double page spread that was Jack Knight? No. He is no. above Supergirl, below below Light Ray. I was actually just looking at that. No, I was actually more focused on the fact that on that last page is whatever goes down. First panel, the baby hands him a carrot. Uh-huh. Fifth panel, he's holding the carrot. <laughs> Seventh panel, raising the carrot to his mouth. And as we, as we end whatever is happening here, he crunches down on the carrot. It's a slow carrot bite. That made me really happy. <laughs> Barely, like, put some carrots... And really take your time with them, and I'm going to be like all How do you think uh, that mask stays t- to his lips? Uh, uh, um, apocalypse gu- spirit gum? <laughs> apocalypse technology. Yeah. I mean, it was really good, this issue, despite my misgivings about the ending. I had bought in so completely to the story that I was surprised when it happened. I, I mean, even though I've had a, to... but Even though I've had a suspicion that something else yeah, is happening keep bringing here. it up. I keep forgetting it. Even though I've had a suspicion, I was still like, oh, oh. Yeah, so. so that's so that's impressive on its own. And then I don't know. At the end, I was like, I would just like it if this is how Darkseid gets killed. <laughs> like that would be a good story to me, and to have it like count as opposed to all the other times that he was killed and he came back or whatever. And it wasn't Superman they did or whatever. It was you know within this Shakespearean drama that they created forever ago. We've talked a lot about Mitch Garrett's. Rightfully so. Let's throw some props at Nick Darrington and his great covers. We've talked about him in the past, but man, this one with the with basically Scott standing in front of Darkseid, it's terrific. Darkseid's got this great texture to him. You can feel it. You can you can, you, you your brain knows how that feels to rub your hands on his arm. And then like his face is, it's almost a smile. Mm-hmm. And it's a really there's a very simple sort of like. Emotion. I mean, this might be a thing like they drew. He drew it completely neutral, and I'm just you know looking. Well, he into looks. It. He looks satisfied. Yeah, he does. But he kind of looks like a bunch of things, and you can kind of like, oh, does he look menacing? He looks happy. Satisfied's a very good word for it. Um, but I like that. I'm happy whenever there's a good dark side story because he's the best villain in DC universe when he's used properly. Yeah, that's true. Also, I would like to give a shout out to uh, Clayton Cowles. Mm. I very specifically was noticing the credits in this and the mm. sort of font that they used for it. And just the lettering all the way through is pretty great, but uh, I really like that the choice that they made for the font in the credits section. Lettering's been a big part. I mean, the, the, pack, the whole package that gives you the surreal feeling has been. Well, I noticed. I was like, well, wait, Clayton Cowles isn't like a DC guy. And so I looked him up, um, and he mostly does Marvel stuff, yes. but he came over to do Batman and, uh, and Mr. Miracle. Did he do Tom. Vision? Did he? Uh, he must have. But he's not like one of the DC stable of, of letterers, so that my my thought is that the you know the creative team or some you know maybe Tom King was like I want this guy to letter the book, which I love I love that. Is he an Oleopolis guy? No. Yeah, I uh, mm, I don't know. I don't think so. Hmm. I don't think so. 
Well, those are all guys whose first names start with a J, and then their second name is Italian. Hey, oh, there it is. That's why. That's why. Now we know why. Who knows when the next issue is going to come out because they they got a little bit behind. But I'm looking forward to it. I'm very excited to see what happens. Even though I have an inkling, I could be wrong. I've been wrong before. I've been wrong a lot. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 a crapshoot with you. You know, but it really was. It's funny. They were coming out pretty quick for a while. And so when I saw this was out this week, I was like, oh, you know, it was a surprising, like a, a joyful surprise. Oh, it's time for this. You know, it's yeah, it's when the new new podcast that isn't regular comes out or something like that. There's something nice about that, especially when you have comics coming at us every 14 hours, a new issue comes out. This is kind yes, of nice. Clayton Cowles. He was letter on the vision. Yeah. So I, I really I like that. You know, whatever it is, Tom King's like he—he's part of the formula, and I want him around for it. And I, I really appreciate that attention to detail. So now, the sub theme for this week's comics was dicks. Let's talk about uh, Batman. Speaking, let's 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 go after Tom King from a completely different <laughs> direction now. Batman number fifty-five. Batman number fifty-five. I'll let you talk. So last issue, 54, we had Bruce and Dick's sort of reunion. He, Dick's moved back into the mansion uh, now that his buddy has been heartbroken. He's been cheering him up. There was a lot of callbacks to their time as partners. And so this continues here. While Bruce and Dick are running around in the rain controlling Gotham, a mysterious hook-handed man shows up at Gotham Airport Gets his passport stamped, welcome to Gotham City, which does not happen. It would say, well, in the United States, Gotham City is not a country. So he's doing something. He's, he's checking into a hotel. He's buying guns while Batman and, Ro- Batman, and Robin, Batman and Nightwing fight mummies and debate about who's the worst villain. And Dick tries to goad him into doing a who can jump off the building and wait longest to, th- to throw their rope contest. And all kinds of just adorable stuff. Even if, at one point, he mentions his bright yellow and red costume, even though that didn't exist in this timeline. I will never let it go, just so you know. I know. So they go, and they, the contest is interrupted by the bat signal. They go to talk to Gordon. Gordon's like, this feels very familiar with the two of you, and that feels all great. And the guy like me is feeling happy, and then all of a sudden, Dick gets shot in the head by the guy who has a sniper rifle somewhere far away. I gotta say, I didn't see that coming like that. Uh-huh. I saw it coming. The guy was like, oh, this is going to be a collision at some point. But I, yeah. pretty well done Yes. in the form of a comic book. And I went, oh. <laughs> I was like, I couldn't – I didn't know who was going to get shot. I didn't think that it was going to be Nightwing. Well, the guy with the gun might as well be dead to deal. He's been gunning for dick for years. Well, here's the thing. And I, I'm not trying to make a thing – it's not about us. It's not that. But I just – I know Tom King – he doesn't listen anymore because he doesn't like to hear us talk about his work. But he listened for years. He knows what you think about Nightwing. I know he does. He's not unaware of it. I've talked to him about it. And so like when he did this, I have no doubt that he thought, Connor's not going to like this. <laughs> and I, I love that. that that's, that's our thing. And like we don't affect anything. No. But we are a passing thought through the minds of creators sometimes when they do things. And that's enough for me. Like – like that time that Jason Aaron was not good to Wedge Antilles, I asked him, I was like, were, did you, were you thinking of me when you did that? And he's like, yes, I was. <laughs> so, and you got – this is sort of a bigger version of your thing for that. And, but no, I really did think I was like, – what, what do you – like, what do you think? Is this, this, well, is, he, is this what it seems? He's not dead. He, I, lo- I went back because I knew we were going to have to talk about this. And I looked at the page and I was like, that looks pretty – I mean, <laughs> there's a hole in the side of his head. They drew the hole. 
He doesn't have a he doesn't have brain matter coming out the back of the side of his other True. side of his head. Um, uh, he's not dead. I mean, I've he's he's got his own book. Yeah, but what this means, we don't know. All I know is Dan DiDio's been trying to get rid of Dick Grayson for years, and I won't have it. Won't have it, Dan. Um, but I, I mean, this was you know, this was a great issue. This probably probably be my pick because really. Yeah, because he did such you a great... You know not to take it seriously. You're not like, that's it, my favorite Yeah, no, no. But, like, he did such a great job of, of these last two issues of building them back up as a team, you know, really mining their history. I like that Dick's, that Bruce is a little bit different around Dick. He's a little bit... He's a little bit yeah. I want to say lighter, but he's willing to to show some humor with his oldest son. Yeah, but it's, and it's, but it's like that he still won't give up the facade. No, it's through the lens of him holding that that facade up but he's you know he's going along with it he does the contest you know and then he brings the hammer down at the end now, Matt, Matt Wagner drew the last one of these right yes he did I wish he drew this one too I do but I also really liked this one I don't tend to like Tony Daniel yeah but the last couple times that he's drawn stuff it was pretty good the only thing I noticed about it was that like you know it's it's so it's so weird that it's unusual for somebody to use an inker now mm-hmm. I mean there's two inkers some pages look different than others and I Guys know. from who came on like 10, 15 years ago still use inkers, and he's one of them. Yeah, yeah. Or even longer. I think his style has gotten looser. Mm-hmm. Yes. The characters aren't so muscle-bound, bulky. I mean, they're, they're clearly muscle-bound, but they're not like Jim Lee-esque, like, stone walls. Yeah, they're and, and um, uh, Dick definitely has a different body type. than I liked Batman. it. I liked how it looked. Yeah. I no longer wince when I see his name on a book. Well, because he doesn't write them anymore. His work has more personality now than he used to, I think. Yeah, probably. I always wonder, and we're actually just going to bring this up later, but um, I may as well now. There's a couple there's a couple books that we're going to talk about this week that have an anchor on them. And there were names that I recognized. And I was like, what is Scott Hanna doing most of the time? Like, what? Uh, like Danny Meeky used to work constantly, like, at inking stuff. And now I don't see his name that often. Like He was on Batman, and then he got moved somewhere else. I forgot yeah. where he got moved. And then... I don't know. I guess they go to conventions and sell inked pages of books. I don't know. I guess I don't know. It's a. It's a. It mu- it must be hard. It's or they do commissions. Like uh, Mark, yeah. I follow Mark Morales on Instagram because he does really great inking videos, and he he's constantly doing commissions. Yeah. 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 So let's talk about the other dick in the room. Dick two of three. So the, okay, I I didn't read. I didn't read Batman Damned. So. Batman Damned number one, Brian Azzarello, Lee Bermejo. This is the first issue from the Black Label line that DC just launched, which is the mature... This is the line that they're, they're aiming for, your classics, right? Your books that you can put in a collection will sell forever. These are the... Supposedly, these are the uh, prestige creators doing prestige, more mature stories. That's the goal. And apparently, we read digitally... So I don't know, but apparently these are a different aspect ratio because it was it, digitally it was too. It was more square. So I'm mm-hmm. curious how it looked in person. So this is a miniseries called Batman Damned. Brian Azzarelli, Bermejo. I told Jared K. Fletcher on, on uh, letters, and uh, this is a Brian Azzarelli Batman. He's, he's got a bit more of a leathery suit. He's been he's been hurt really bad. He's, we open up and he's in an ambulance. They're trying to cut his mask off, but he beats up the EMTs instead. <laughs> Ends up collapsing into the. And to an alleyway calling for Alfred's help, and then he meets Constantine, who comes to help him in the alley. And so this ends up being a Batman story that involves a lot of the magical heroes. So Constantine makes an appearance, and Satana, and Deadman. And... So the big thing is here, someone has murdered the Joker. 
and the cops think it's Batman. And so that's that's the sort of log line for this. Mm-hmm. And the question is, is he really dead? And the implication seems to be he's not, but it's framing Batman. Was it any fun? I enjoyed this immensely. Of course, really? the only thing anyone was ever talking about was there's a scene where he comes back to the Batcave and he takes off his costume when he, you know, he gets home, takes the leather suit off, and he's swinging in the breeze. So is there, I, you know what? I, I heard talk about that, but I didn't know what it was referring to. So was there an actual oh, member? A unit? Yes. Although not in the digital version, apparently, for some reason. So I never saw it because... It wasn't apparently ever in the digital version. I thought maybe they pushed an, an update because after the people started talking about it. But apparently they're going to be censoring it in future issues of the paper version. Uh, you can find it online very easily if you, if you want to see. Why? Why what? I'm, I'm not asking you because you don't know why. But like they made the decision to leave it there. And then like then the first day that it's out, they said no. Either it's a publicity stunt or typical corporate spinelessness. I don't think anyone was really complaining about it. People just noting it. Uh huh. You know. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like I, I you know, I haven't seen. I've not. I don't pay as much attention, really. But like, it doesn't feel like there was a huge backlash. No, which makes me think it was a publicity stunt. Okay. But I don't know because it got a lot of people talking about the book who probably wouldn't have talked about it otherwise. I think you should read this. Really? I think it's good, Azarello. I, I don't know that I've read that in a really long time. And then the, the other thing about Azarello is it just never seems to go anywhere. Like, it feels like it is. And well, it's a miniseries, like, so it's not like... Even so. Like, I'm not... Like, it's just... Like, I just decided... Like, I was like, oh, I just don't really like this. Well, um, give this one issue a shot. Just to see what you think. You know, I'm not saying you have to... You stick with it, but I think you might like it. So many The Bermejo art is really good. He is a painter style. Not everybody likes the painter style. But. I know. I don't love. Yeah, I also don't really love that either. But there's some fun stuff here with Dead Man and Satana, and there's a really fun version of the Spectre. And he wrote Constantine before, even though he didn't really love it. But he wrote Constantine before. So. I didn't mind that at the time, but that was a really long time ago. I think he was the first first American to have a run on it. Jason Aaron, I think, wrote one of them. I don't remember which one was first, but Jason Aaron only wrote an issue or two. I think Ezra was the first one to have like a real run on it. It's Batman's penis, everybody. That seems to be the news of the week. Get it now, because you won't get it again. I guess we're still Puritans at heart. It's weird that that didn't show up in Son of the Demon, because that seemed like that would have been the time. (laughs) Let's talk about Infinity Wars, colon, Soldier Supreme, number one, from Jerry Duggan and Adam Kubert. Now, I've talked about Infinity Wars before. I caught up and read them all. Oh, that's my question. Oh, really? That's great. After you cajoled me. I read them all last week, whatever the last one came out. I read them all What'd in a row. Think? I, li- I liked it. Yeah. Like the f- Jerry Duggan. I- it's I what you said it was. Like, he's good at comics, but when he really, like if he gets to do some sort of alternate off to the side shit, like remember he did that 1872 series? Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is a lot like that. I forgot he did that. The weird thing uh, about this whole thing is, like you said, it's basically a classic Marvel event that it's not really being treated that way. It's being shunted into its own corner and no one's talking about it, but now there's all these tie-in issues yeah. like a true event would have, and it's just bizarre. And it's fun. I'm enjoying it. I, I, I'm not going to read all these issues. I read this one because I love Captain America and also Jerry Duggan and Adam Hubert did it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There was, there was, I wasn't necessarily sure I would, and then I kind of looked at it and I went, you know what, I'm into this. And I, the cover, for whatever reason, the image of this Steve Rogers slash Stephen Strange <laughs> mix-up you know, with the blonde mustache thing, it was compelling. I will give it that. And so basically what you have here is a mashup story of Doctor Strange and Captain America's 
origin as it gets put together and there's a lot of characters wong and bucky get put together mm-hmm. and uh dum dum dugan is oddly fused with uh, nick fury into one character <laughs> for weird. i don't care about but whatever <laughs> adam kubert uh is my preferred kubert i never remember which one it is but when i see it i'm like oh yeah this is the one i like you know there's like a dormammu red skull is the villain you know it was it was fun and and wacky and you know it's it's weird too because it's funny because I was just like, was Infinity War this year? That was. That was like this spring. May or whatever, yeah. Yeah. You know, this Not feels like ago. this would be the right thing to put out, you know, in the wake of that. That's why it's so weird. Because yeah. it's the highest grossing Marvel movie ever. And this event, which is the same name, mm-hmm. is basically being treated like this is not even happening. Yeah. Which is weird. But uh, it was an enjoyable issue. It's part one of two. Are you going to read number two? Yeah, yeah, totally. I don't know that this was a top flight pick of the week but it had a shot for a little while hmm, interesting i liked it I, I liked yeah because it. I, it it, I liked it just be fun and imaginative and and go for it like some of the other ones don't really look so much like i would i would care so much but who knows uh, on the week you know it, it's a week where i had a lot of stuff to read and i still was i was still you know into it so in the uh, 90s when they did the dc versus marvel and then they mashed up the characters all together <laughs> They took over all the all the books, so everyone should be thankful that this wasn't the only version of Captain America you got this month. It's true. He's got his shield, but it's sort of a spell thing. I like the testing of the shield with this, the gun and the bazooka and the tank. Yep. That was fun. It was good. It was good pace. Yeah. Yep. It was really fun. Jerry Duggan, you know, he's like a guy who's kind of quietly doing a lot of great work. He is. He's very good at it. I mean, he's a TV writer, but he's also very, very good at comic mm-hmm. stuff. Let's talk about Black Hammer number – sorry – Black Hammer, uh, Age, Age of, of Doom, Doom, number five. I forgot the subtitle for a second. This is the issue in which we get a little more insight into what happened to the characters of Black Hammer. It's a little convoluted, but as people who've been reading or know, or listening know that they, they were fighting against the version of Darkseid and ended up destroying him. And one of the characters, Madame Dragonfly, who is sort of like, I guess she's sort of like Raven a little bit, but... There's probably a better analog I'm thinking of at the moment. Realized quickly that there was a balance in the universe, and if they were all still alive and the Dark Side character was dead, that the Dark Side character would be resurrected. So she immediately, with the help of the Adam Strange analog, who is Captain Something, zapped these people out of the dimension into the basically the negative zone uh, in his ship. And in, in his ship, they put him in suspended animation and they create this fantasy world for them to live in. And it's not so much. The big revelation, it's that the reaction to all the characters to finding out the revelation is the real story. Is Some of them are happy to be home, or at least happy to know what's happened. Some of them are very upset because they had lives and loves in the other world and want to go back, kind of like Lost. they got to go back to the island, um, even if it's not real. You know, there's like one, you know, one guy had a girlfriend, and the other guy, one of the characters, the Marshmallow character, finally realized he was gay and he had a boyfriend, and, and they are very upset that they're... People who they thought were real or not. And it, it, that was sort of the emotional fallout of the issue. I thought it was really well done. Dean Ormston, who's the regular artist, is terrific. And Colonel Weird is the character, the Adam Strange version. Uh, I don't know where Jim uh, Flamir is taking this book. I don't know how long it's going to last. He's, there's lots. It's like, it seems to be Dark Horse's big thing right now because they've added so many uh, side books to it. But it's a very interesting tale. It's not just a redoing of the DC, of the Silver Age DC. It's, it's, a, it's a more interesting story than that. And James Robinson makes another appearance as uh, Dr. Star. Jeff Lemire's doing pretty good work. This seems to be his 
I don't know, second or third act or whatever, but... He's figured, I think he finally figured out superheroes. You know, mm-hmm. we talked about when he first blew up of Essex County Trilogy, and of course he immediately got a DC contract, and he, they put him on a bunch of books that just never really, really totally clicked with, with Superboy and... Animal Man was really good. That was Animal Man was terrific. But it was more like a, that was more like a weird indie yeah. superhero book than like... He did Superboy, which is like as, as, plain, as plain Jane as you can get, and... yeah. Didn't really work, and there's a couple others. But now he's got he's got Green this Arrow. whole thing going on there. He's doing the, that Sentry book that is surprisingly good. Yeah, he's got it. He's got yeah. it going right now. And I'm really glad stuff's to still really good. Good for you, Jeff Lemire. I really enjoyed Black <laughs> Hammer. Another great book I read this week. So let's talk about underwear. Okay. Superheroes wear outside their pants. We wear it under our pants. That's just mostly one, one way we're different than them. Also, probably general health and physiques. Sure. Mac Weldon is a great pair of underwear. I have. Four or five pairs. I have them for my travel. I like wearing them on a long car ride or a train ride. Or just every day wearing, Josh. But they're real premium fabrics. They have great design. And they have smart features, which makes them sort of your thinking man's modern underwear, as far as I can. <laughs> it's very good. I'm giving that to them. They can take that. Mac Weldon, they believe in smart design, premium fabric, simple shopping. The website's super easy. You go there. They've got the categories. They've got not just underwear, but socks, shirts, undershirts, hoodies. Sweatpants, a couple clicks, and you got your underwear. I have a travel a personal item, a dop bag, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Vanity bag, whatever, I don't know what you call it now. I have one of those. It's great. Yeah? Yeah, it's just, in terms of other things that, that men can use that are made in the fabric slash zipper space, I'm a big fan of my little travel personal item bag. Do you keep like an emergency pair of underwear in it? I don't, but I it is always packed and ready so that when I travel, which I do semi-frequently – uh, it just it just goes right in there, ready to go, and it uh, is way better than the one that I've had for years before that. So you've got like a go bag. Yeah, kind of. Well, <laughs> okay, let's change the subject. No. <laughs> well, it's funny. You like you have. I have a lot more underwear from them than you do. Yeah, I have like five pair. I mean, like you know. No, I have I have a lot more than that. Yeah, yeah. I'm all in. Okay, good. Basically, like I I went and I went. Oh, these are all right, and so I slowly invested in building a large collection because uh. I don't days when I'm not, I don't have them. Slowly and quietly amassing your collection of mm-hmm. Mac Weldon underwear. Yep. Do you have them in like a glass case? You walk past them I, stroking uh, your chin and deciding which ones to wear today? I hired a guy. He's my, he's my <laughs> Mac Weldon underwear valet. Or, well, I say valet. Valet. Because... If you're going to have a valet, you might as well call him a valet. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Does he model them or does he help you put them on? The underbutler does. <laughs> oh, I see. Valet helps him put them on because that's really the valet's job uh-huh. is to make sure that they are properly administered. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, having him put them on doesn't make sense. So the smart thing I was talking about earlier is the silver line of underwear and shirts, which are naturally antimicrobial, which means they eliminate odor. And that's really what you want in your everyday clothing that's going to be pressed up against your body in your underwear or your shirt. Plus, if you're wearing like an undershirt, you might sweat when you walk and you want to microbes to be anteed <laughs> the silver's currently upon me now as we speak it's it's touching me here's the thing if batman had been wearing his silver underwear under his his suit he wouldn't have taken them off so there wouldn't have been a there wouldn't have been a lot of blog posts this week because he would have been it's like hmm, comfortable he wouldn't have had to he right. know there's no reason reason to make any adjustments here so if you want to be comfortable you should go to check it out because if you don't like your first pair, you can keep it and Mac Weldon will still refund you 
no questions asked. They won't ask you if you were wearing it while you were fighting crime or either if you're valid or under, under Butler put it on you. They won't ask any of those questions, any of those awkward questions. So I'll just give you the refund. So not only the Mack Weldon underwear, socks and shirts look good. They perform well too. It's good for working out, going to work, going out on dates, crime fighting, everyday life. So here's what you do. If you want to get your 20% off your first order, go to MacWeldon.com, enter promo code iFanboy at checkout. That's how, that's how you do it. MacWeldon.com, promo code iFanboy. If you haven't ordered before, you get 20% off. That is terrific. Because a lot of promos basically end up being about the tax. You know, you just basically don't pay the tax. But this is 20% off. You're going you're gonna to get some money off your, your order. Who doesn't like having money off their orders? I like it. Josh basically won't buy fan. anything unless he gets money off. It's true. I just wait around for coupons. The thing about that is, it pretty much always comes out to the same total. <laughs> <laughs> MacWeldon.com, promo code iFanboy. Thanks, MacWeldon. Thank you, everyone who checks it out. We do appreciate it. They're good underwear. West Coast Avengers number two. We were not necessarily sure we were going to read more, but we both did. Yeah, that's going to be it, though. <laughs> oh, they gotcha. <laughs> I thought that the first one felt uh, like a mix of old and new in a way that I could get behind, and I felt that this one kind of took me farther afield than I wanted. Millennial Avengers gotcha. Yeah, I really, I, I lost the thread here, for sure. Was it the reality show stuff? I don't like that, but I don't like that because I don't like the concept. It's just I've seen it a lot of times. Joe Casey did that with Youngblood 15 years ago or more. Mm-hmm. And we've seen it in, you know, Avengers, uh, the, the one with the kids, that's the Hunger Games one. There was in that, then oh, yeah. there was an X-Force. It's happened a lot. Now, you could make an argument for it and say, well, it would still happen because there are more reality shows and more outlets, and that's totally true, but it's just not interesting anymore. All of this would have been interesting without that. I thought it was the weakest element because it, it, didn't, it didn't serve any purpose other than to have them comment on what was happening, which you could do in other ways. I mean, it wasn't like there was a camera crew yeah. in, the back, in the background during the action or anything. And, it was and just... because it reads like a comic book anyway, like it just felt like, why are you talking to me right now? And I kind of remembered that that was a thing happening. Yeah. So you'd see it's recording and they put, the, they put the, the lines on it, which is funny because we don't have deinterlacing lines anymore. So <laughs> we haven't for years. You know, and that might be that I have a degree in video for me to point that out, but it's still true. Are there hidden cameras everywhere? Like, the idea that they're on a reality show isn't really fleshed out enough to make it have that, a meaningful impact too. on the... It feels like it was only half halfway in. Yeah. It was half-assed. I wanted to see more, like, like at the end of the last issue, we had big, crazy Tigra, and then they were fighting with her, and I was like, oh, that's interesting, because Clint Barton and, T- and Tigra are there, so you're going to tie in some of the old stuff. It doesn't even, not even, like, specifically, just, like, have some of those relationships, bring them back up. But then she was kind of dispatched quickly, and then the end of this book is Crazy Tigra, giant walking out of the ocean again. I was like, we just did that. And I don't understand Kate's hip hole things, which, like, the whole time I'm looking at it, I'm like, are those actually holes in her fabric? And then they mentioned them at one point, and they acknowledged they're dumb. So I was like, didn't stop that. Well, it's the same thing with Catwoman and her armpit holes. Yeah. That makes sense. At least that's a heat escape area. Well, she was wearing Mac Weldon. She wouldn't need it. It's true. It's true. I did not like this as much as the first one, although I'm probably going to give it one more. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of curious to see who the other big giant people are behind Tigra, to see if there are other old Avengers. And we also, we spent a long time with the, not MODOK. Brodok. Brodok, which was a really cute joke at first, but I was like, all right, get on with it. And so we spent 
too long living there. I don't feel like it moved. That's I guess that was really the main thing. Like, it didn't feel like I got anywhere. I was just in the room with them as they tried to be kind of clever for a long well, time. Well, as we said with the first issue review, this may not be a book for us, which is totally fine. There's a, Totally true. I'm there not, are many audience segments, and they everyone gets their own books. I'm going to check another issue. I may not make it. We'll see. It's definitely a book meant for a different group. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, at the same time, I started reading some old, like, West Coast Avengers type stuff. And it's great. So, in comparison, what's the point? <laughs> uh, there's a book explode in the future. There easily could be. I wouldn't have a problem with that. You know, I don't think Avengers 8 would have been a pick of the week, but I liked it a lot. I did, too. Yeah. I liked it more than the first arc, actually. This is my favorite issue. Dave Marquez shows up to, to the pencils, and anytime he shows up, it's welcome. True. So here we have the Avengers moving into their new base, which is a hollowed-out celestial. It looks awesome. In the North Pole, which you think is really inconvenient for fighting global crime, but maybe it isn't. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, Ghost Rider still has to drive there. <laughs> right. He's super late to the meetings all the time. Mm-hmm. I always like a, an issue. This felt very classic Avengers-y, where they, they, they get a new base, and they get to explore, and and the personal dynamics happen. We find out more about what's wrong with She-Hulk, and... And then maybe She-Hulk and Thor are banging. And the only thing that was interesting was that in the beginning of the issue, Captain Marvel has the short, weird hair. And then in the middle of the issue, he's got the long, flowing Brie Larson hair. Hmm. I don't know how That's that happened. Weird. Well, maybe time passed. Maybe. You're right. Look at that. I will say that I actually really liked the... the time did pass, but I didn't feel enough time passed for her to grow 12 inches of hair. She has Cree alien hair and she spends time in space. Her shit's all fucked up. <laughs> That's true. I liked that we had the Tony Stark... Uh, Captain Marvel sort of it was only a couple of pages yeah but it's sort of like we they took care of that and I know that I've said lots of times like I don't want a whole thing to have to take care of it but I don't mind two pages to take care of a thing that was actually kind of a big deal and to be honest I don't even remember what the event was where they had the thing well, I think it was Civil War wasn't it Civil War 2 was it Civil War 2 yeah it was the second Civil War yes, was their it was thing. the second Civil okay, War okay yep they sort of became the Cap Tony of the second Civil War okay that's right okay yep uh, I like that they've got a whale pin like in Star Trek Four in their base. I think that they have to have that anti-whale glass. The, Those guys the, the are just aluminum. Yeah. yeah. And also, and then fi- so they make Black Panther leader fine. I think we can all see that coming. He's been leader before, though, so that means... Yeah, 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 no, totally. And he, they were like, and you've done it before. And I was like, well, that's not... Anyway, <laughs> Namor. Let's talk about Namor's new getup. Okay. He looks kind of like a sparkly vampire. He's just been... He's being shot. Well, if you look at the next page of the cover for issue nine, he's got like the longish hair and oh, black armor looks kind of like he's wearing leather. Yeah, but it's just a little that's on the, I don't know. I, I saw it. But I'm happy the Namor's, I'm always happy when Namor shows up. It's never oh, sure. not a plus. Do you, I, it's ridiculous that he's not in any of the movies. There, it's ridiculous. There were rights issues for a while. I don't know if that's been resolved or not. Whatever. One random studio. one of studio the best, here. most Marvel characters they have. I agree with End you. End of story. You never have him show up and go, oh, that's stupid. Exactly. I do like they've got a, that sort of Doctor Strange has stepped back into a reserve role, so they have a rotating eighth chair or whatever number yep. that is. So that's fun. I like that they can have... One of the things I always liked about these teams is you, you always switch up the team memberships, but it, the trend in the modern times is sort of the teams get set. At least mm-hmm. for the on the Avengers and like Justice League side, so I like that there's going to be like a rotating chair, so you know you can have random people show up and be on the Avengers for an issue or an arc or whatever. Sure. That was fun. I like this. I mean, I I had I didn't love the first arc. It was fun, but I didn't love it. But this, if this issue had been the first issue, I would have been all in this on this book. Like, let's do it. Yeah, 
Well, we're there now. We're there now. Yeah. Also, totally. uh, I'm surprised you put Return of Wolverine on the list. I don't. I just said I'll go give this a shot, and then I looked, and Steve McNiven was drawing it, and I thought, well, I'm always down for that, and uh, I, I, I guess Steve McNiven drew it. Well, it, it, two things about the art. One, he's inked by Jay Lyston. Yeah. So you wonder how much of it is heavy inks versus Dexter Vines is his other sort of the the classic McNiven. But I thought that they were going for like a Barry Windsor Smith here. Yeah, there was a lot of that. There was yeah that Weapon X thing. There seemed to be very intentional aping of Barry Windsor Smith for this story, which, if longtime readers don't know, was the guy who did the quote unquote Logan origin story in Marvel Comics Presents. Was it the nineties? Was it the late eighties? I don't remember. Early nineties, late eighties. I don't remember. I had to back issue dive when I was a kid to find it. But uh, I thought with the hair was very Barry Windsor Smith-esque and the sort of the, yeah. the, the cross-hatching and the lines was very Barry Windsor yeah. Smith-esque. Yeah, but like I – you know, I, I was thinking of Old Man Logan sort of Steve McNiven and right. I was kind of let down by it. Then besides that, like I know I haven't been following along. You got the curveball, the art curveball. Yeah, I did. But also like I haven't been following along to the story – and I had no idea what was going on or who they were talking about. And I was like, this is a number one return of Wolverine. And I was completely lost. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I don't know how much of this was in the previous stuff. So then, like, I don't know. It was weird. I don't, I, I, I don't even like – it wasn't even I didn't like it. I was – Oh, uh, well, the woman and her organization were from the previous stuff. That's mm-hmm. true. That is true. But all you really need to know is there's just some group that's trying to use his – body for other purposes i it wasn't a great issue it wasn't bad i'm gonna keep reading it no i i, I thought i'd give it a shot because it's a thing and i had read the death of wolverine and sort of charles was still doing this one and that and i just it's fine it's fine i tried yeah, i tried well, I, listen the old college tried never hurts so we have been talking about annuals a lot lately i guess mm-hmm. this is annual season end of the summer um there were two which were hilariously both number ones even though they were <laughs> captain american amazing spider-man <laughs> yeah it doesn't say on the Captain America one what it would actually be. Right. It's number one, but Amazing Spider-Man, it's Legacy 43. That's funny. So. That's really funny. Start with Captain America Annual. I did read this one. You did? Yes, I did. Yeah. Teeny Howard, sort of a flashback, World War II story, kind of bog standard. Chris Sprouse on art, which uh, was uh, immediately made me jump in, with Ron Lim on assists and then three inkers. Yeah. Again, these are the names that I remember and a lot. three colorists. A lot of people. Yeah, yeah. Basically, Cap and Bucky are helping some concentration camp survivors, but they're not necessarily just Jews. There's a gay kid and there's some Romani. Well, not just survivors. They escaped. Yeah, escapes. Escapists. Escapees. Escapees. That's the one. And I don't know that the sort of timeline and events that were were incredibly clear to me throughout this, but I thought that I liked – it's a little bit of a revisionist sort of thing on Captain America where the guy where the one guy was like, you know, I'm gay and Captain America's like, it's cool, I'm gonna help you. And I was like, would Captain America have said that in nineteen forty three or four? And I don't know, but I'm fine with him saying it. Like I'm I, you're American, I'm gonna help you. I it just made me think about it. I yeah. thought that some of this was really good and interesting, and I thought some of it was really head scratchingly off. Yep. It's kind of what seesawed back and forth. Like there's a scene where uh, Cap's leading the escapees wherever and they get they run into six Germans, I'm, and I'm looking at it right now. Yep, he's like, uh, "Step over so we can shoot the shoot the escapees." And I was like, "They just would have shot them too." Yeah, it was that was weird. But also, the guy holding the M60 would have been like, or the equivalent of it, the World War II yeah. equivalent would have just would have just shot Cap and Bucky as well. It was so weird yeah. to be like, but I also uh, like that it was silly and cartoony. 
No, I, I enjoyed that. It was sort of the, it's sort of your more cartoony version of of Nazis, although the, the atrocities that we talked about weren't cartoony. But I know, but the comics of the time would have been like that. Yeah, no, for sure. I, I thought this was fun. I thought, as you said, there was a lot of good stuff. Not not my favorite Chris Sprouse. Well, he had three anchors, and some of it's Ron Lim. Like yeah, the, I know. The second half is clearly Ron Lim. Stuff. I was really looking forward to that, though. So I was yeah, no, it was it was a disappointment from an art standpoint for sure. Not not awful, just you know, like I, I have high expectations for that because the guy's a master, and Ron Lim is is every every now and then the Chris Sprouse chin would show up, mm-hmm. which I love, but it would disappear for at other times. I was like, oh, okay, he's not doing all this. So that it was fun. It was you know, it's an annual, and if like this is what an annual is, I'm great with that. Yeah, slightly longer. Different people on it, you know, take on something. Look at the look at the history. Over to Amazing Spider-Man annual. This is written by. Well, I, uh, before Amazing you get to that, Alan. I just want to mention real quick that in the mm-hmm. little essay in the back, Teeny Howard mentions that she comes from Romani. Romani, and there's people in her past who didn't make it. And so that's a very personalized story. So I like. Yeah, it. yeah, I, I liked it a lot too. And it's a story that that part of the story doesn't get told as much, but I think is is valuable too. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, I said I got it wrong. But Saladin Ahmed wrote Amazing Spider-Man with Gary Brown on art, and Lee Lowridge on colors. This is a really sort of good-looking book. This basically is a flashback to around the time uh, that Spider-Man came back from Secret Wars and he had the black costume, and he's like, this costume's great! But it's largely told through the uh, narration of the costume's thoughts. Mm. Sort of just looking at the other side of it. And it was really, it was fun. It was really pretty simple. It was not a story we didn't know. We know we did know. We know what happens. I liked reading it, and I, I, had, I had a lot of fun with it. I thought the art was fantastic. Really, really Where dope. The art Gary and, Brown and Gary Brown, who to me it sounds like a name of uh, the way Gary is spelled. Like it, it seems like a, a British guy who you know would have, would have drawn 2000 mm-hmm. AD, and maybe he is. But and I recognize it. I can't figure out from where. But uh, I really dug the art, and I think Lee Lowridge on top of it really made it shine for me. Awesome. Like just again a fun little annual of sort of like a, let's look at this because there's all this Venom stuff going on. So let's go back and hang out and see what the Venom costumes like. It's a good week of comics. I thought it wasn't bad, and and where it wasn't like great, it was kind of interesting. Like the things that I didn't like, I had to think about. Like, do I like that, or why don't I? And and as opposed to that's just terrible. So but let's talk about the Patreon pick. Those are the books we're going to talk about every week at Patreon.com/slash/ifanboy. The patrons of the show get to vote on a book to add to the rundown, and this week the overwhelming choice wasn't even close. Dick Tracy, Dead or Alive, number one, written by Lee and Michael Allred with art by Rich Tommaso and inks by Michael Allred, colors by Laura Allred, letters by Sean Lee, who really should be an Allred, I guess, if he wants to really be working on this book. This is a miniseries. Oh, the famous Lee Allreds. <laughs> this is a, a miniseries. Uh, IDW pub- published it. I'm very curious... What you thought, because A, you don't really love the All Reds, and B, I don't think you're probably a Dick Tracy fan, and C, it's a very throwbacky kind of story. I have mixed thoughts. I actually am kind of familiar with Dick Tracy. When that movie came out a billion years ago, he was everywhere. I bought a huge Dick Tracy compendium, and I read all of it, the old Chester Gould stuff. Mm -hmm. So... um. I'm familiar with it. It's like it's not my favorite thing. It's one of those things like it's 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 classic and it's part of history, but it wasn't necessarily like amazing work that shines through the era, you know, if mm-hmm. if, if I'm going to put it that way. I think this book needed to s- decide what it was. Yes, a little that's bit. my biggest criticism of it. It's trying to exist in two time frames, like like they have cell phones and they have like a software magnet. Silicon magnet. Valley, yeah. Yeah, Silicon Valley, but like everything else is old-timey. It's weird because it's not like it's impossible to pull that off, that off because the Batman the Animated Series did a really good job of making it feel both 
old and modern, but like for some reason, Dick Tracy running around in a yellow jacket, a yellow fedora, chasing a guy who's a Silicon Valley magnet, and he's using a cell phone and into his private plane, which has propellers. And I was like, but there's Tommy guns and there's old yep. cars, and but still, like they talk about modern conveniences. It, I just felt like just set it in the 30s. That's what Dick Tracy, Dick Tracy came yes. out in 1931. He predated Superman, and Batman by many years, and he should just be a depression era cop. Why not just do that? You don't need yeah, to make a modern but just also, I, I don't really mind if you want to make a choice one way or another, then it's up to them whether it works or not, really. But here it feels like there wasn't a choice, and I spent more time thinking about that yep. than I did just reading the story. So it was distracting rather than adding something. So exactly. I, I think that they they refused to make a choice, or they just or they just said, well, let's just do both. You know, like They thought it wouldn't matter, and I think it does matter. I think it does matter, too. Uh, having said that, I, I liked the way it looked. I liked yes. the story that... That Dick Tracy was just too upstanding to he kept getting bounced from from city to city because the corruption in the government and the, in the police force wouldn't allow him to be there. So he got bounced from San Francisco in the beginning, and he ends up in in Chicago where the mob is. The mob he famously fights Big Boy and, and all those guys. And but like they said before, he had been in Boston and he had been somewhere somewhere else, and he just can't stick around because he's too much of a good guy. That's I liked that conceit. That was funny. I also liked that. Like I, I liked the the way of how quickly it moved. Mm-hmm. which felt like the strips. The strips didn't wait, you know, wait along for long. So he gets off the train, apparently in 2000, 1930. <laughs> right, right. And, and, you know, the, the mayor is there to, to greet him there and swear him right away. And then he immediately handcuffs the mayor. So like it starts, there's no, <laughs> yeah. I like that movement. That felt like that was, you know, a good nod to Dick Tracy strips. Yeah. I thought the art, this is Rich Tommaso. We had talked about, is it spy seal, super spy? Super Seal. Spy Seal, and he did. He did another. He's, uh, it was a crime. I read one issue of a yep. crime book set in Miami in the eighties. Yep, he was the right choice for this. You know, like like he wasn't all red, but he was definitely in there. And then I think Laura Allred came along. You know, did a fantastic job with the coloring, and that sort of coat stands out on every page. So you always, you know, sort of feel the presence of the hero. It's almost luminescent. The coat. It's just, yeah, it really pops. I like that, and I, I like that. You know, he always got in as many profile shots of Dick Tracy's face as possible with just without going overboard. I, I enjoyed it. I didn't love mm-hmm. it, but I enjoyed it. I was happy to have read it. I kind of enjoyed it, but I, I, I did kind of enjoy parsing it out more than I enjoyed it, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like trying, I was like trying to figure out what they were getting at, like what they were going for. And I, I may have given them more credit than was due <laughs> necessary, but I, at least in the story department, I think in the art, they made good choices and it, it was the right tone to strike. So let's do ratings. 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 Out, of, out of five, I'm going to give it um, 3.5. I'm going to say the same. That's exactly what I was going to say. Are you going to stick with it? Probably not. If I remember to read the second issue, I will read the second issue. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's funny because I think last week, I don't even remember if it was on mic or not, but you were like, maybe you should read less books. And I was like, maybe I should. <laughs> <laughs> And so I'm like, well, if Connor thinks it's okay for me to read less books, maybe I – and I've been trying to figure out where to cut. It's very hard. It's always okay to read fewer books, Josh. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. So there is that. If you would like to vote on the patron pick – and I think this was a damn fine patron pick. I wouldn't have yes, read this otherwise. Sure. Uh, and it led to a good discussion. So I was I – was, and it was it was kind of the runaway, which was surprising. I think I would It was usually – it, it wasn't even close. It was by double yeah. digits. 
So uh, you can go to patreon.com slash ifanboy. Uh, we have added our next stretch goal. Instead of just an all-media podcast, uh, we will take upon the not this tiny task of uploading uh, the rest of the full-length video shows and minis to our YouTube channel that were uh, wiped off of Erased from existence. Revision three. Yeah, erased from existence, basically, or along with the, the brother in the Mickey Mouse shirt. <laughs> <laughs> that is that really is a, a big job uh-huh. <laughs> that I kind of don't want us to achieve. Um, but <laughs> you should go there and do the thing because I do want to do the all media podcast, and I do actually want people to have access to that stuff. So I think that that's that's a, f- a fine trade off. So again, that's patreon.com slash ifanboy. You'll be able to, uh, if you're above $5 or more a month, then uh, you will be up for a Patreon power, which we're we're going to be getting to soon. And of course, you can vote at any level on the on the uh, patron pick of the week, and which I think has been a, a damn fine addition to the show, yep. even if I catch about it sometimes. Uh, you can also go to ifanboy.com and you can check out the t-shirts, mainly t-shirts, but there are other shirts. There's uh, items, there's household items, there's uh, sweatshirts shirts, other versions. There's different versions of t-shirts. There's many things you can get there. We have seven iFanboy designs up there. Runaway success of nothing makes sense, nothing matters. And the less than stellar success of GDAT notwithstanding. <laughs> but there's something for everybody. And if one was Electro, then we're going to say that our shirts are Electro. Yeah. And then finally, if you don't want to mess with any of that stuff and you just say, hey, you know, I got a PayPal account. I want to I want to contribute to the thing. Uh, what you guys do is important to me uh, one way or another, however you do it. Uh, if you pitch in uh, to sort of give us value for the value that we're giving back to you you can do that uh, at ifanboy.com slash support and then finally there you will also find um, ifanboy.com slash amazon which uh, will give links to buy to buy all of our books blowed books and uh, general link over to amazon which is uh, really helpful sort of as we approach the holiday season that's coming up i'm sorry to have said that out loud but whoa. it's already short. whoa i'm sorry it's not even october I, I, it was a christmas tree thing this morning and my oh son my looked over at it like oh yes and i was like mother fuck <laughs> That's evil. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about patron power. So in addition to the patron pick, everyone at patreon.com gives a five dollar higher level gets a, their own patron pick. Did you do this already? I, I zoned out for a second on my on my cold I, me- I, I mentioned it, but I didn't do the full okay. intro. I just I heard in my head you saying five dollars, and I wondered if I just had really zoned out on the cold nope. medicine. If you give it a five dollar higher level at the at patreon.com slash fanboy, you get your own superpower right here on the show live as a way of thanks. We do really appreciate everyone who does that. And Josh is gonna start us off. I don't know what to call this person. Okay. It says Dirty 3PO and then Hugh Jones after that. I'm just going with Hugh. Sorry. Hugh, he can put spots on everything. Polka dots? Just spots. Polka dots, leopard spots. Little, little, mostly, it's mostly a form of polka dots. But if he, he touches a thing, he can bestow it with spots. Contextual spot power? Mm-hmm. He can lay spots upon you. And they're permanent. They're permanent. I mean, you could paint over them on the wall, but you know they're you know. If they're on your skin, you're done. Well, you're gonna have spots. There's no there's no clinical side effect. <laughs> I see. All right, Rusty Richardson always knows everyone's true motivation. Okay, that's useful. Is he in sales? <laughs> he could be. Should be. If you hand, hey, would you like half my sandwich? Rusty would know if you're actually being generous or if you're trying to get something out of him. Like he knows. He's got a vague sense of your true motivation. It's funny because whenever I do something nice for somebody, the first thing I think is somebody will think I'm a good guy for doing this. But it isn't <laughs> why I'm doing it. But I always have that thought. Like I'm like, someone will think I'm so it's good for me in this way. And then I feel bad. It's like when people who wait to drop the tip in the tip jar until, they're, until the person turns back around. Yeah. You can yeah. see it. I'm doing it. I'm giving you 75 cents. 
but I hate when they don't see it. <laughs> see? Really, you just want that rush of recognition. That's why coins are nice. Not for the person getting them because they're not worth anything, but at least they make a sound. So there's, there's you know, an audible. <laughs> Unless they land um, on a bunch of bills. Yeah. I'm guessing that if you work in a place like that, that you've got a tip jar, like you're kind of attuned to what's happening with that jar. Hmm. Like well, Rusty aware. wouldn't have to be attuned. He would just know. Okay. You know. It's a good power. It's about as useful as anything I could think of. <laughs> Although, the other side of it would be that like, he would understand the true nature of humanity. And, yeah, and, like, no, it might be really depressing. Mm-hmm. Everyone constantly trying to get over and everybody else. Mm-hmm. I get it. It's a hard, you know, sometimes this power is a curse. George N. Aslanian Ooh. has uh, lion paws instead of hands. On his feet, too, or just his hands? It's just his hands. He has so four paws. The That's F-O-R-E. A, that is a curse. Sort of, but also he's got a heck of a slashing power. Sure, but no, just no opposable thumbs. A lot of comic book characters that get away with it. <laughs> you know, in Black sure. Sad or or uh, the Autumn Lands, these books, you know, they they get around it. He has so big th- lion paws, though. Big meat. In addition to his paws, paws, does he have some sort of cosmic way of getting around the thumb problem, or is that just that's just the thing he deals with? It's he said, the world isn't made for a man with lion paw hands. <laughs> I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna take that away from him, but yeah. So you have lion paw hands. That's all right. Russo Pinar. That's probably wrong, but I don't know how else to do that. Pinar can instantly pronounce anything correct. Pinar, he can turn any flat surface into a screen. So, for instance. I'm on a computer right now. I'm looking at a screen. Behind that computer is a giant wall. He could use that wall as a second screen. He can move his okay. applications up to the wall. He can. It's just like having a second screen with any. He can he can project anything he wants onto a flat. I'm not projecting from his eyes, but it turns into some type of a linked screen, so he can watch movies on, on a wall. Do you think that realistically, pretty much everywhere and everybody's going to have that within the next eight to ten years, though? Not that short, but probably in the future. Yeah. He's just ahead of the curve. He doesn't need to buy the equipment. All right, cool. He can also then not have to spend money on giant monitors. He can just get a small. Oh yeah, one. no, and cables and all that yeah. stuff, or, or or you know, Bluetooth connectivity issues. Yeah, no, there's, there's, there's benefits to it either way. Batteries. So, Patreon.com/slash/ifanboy. That's where you can go. If you give the five dollar high level, you can get your superpower. Or if you give it any level, you can vote in the patron pick. You can go to the monthly hangouts. You can do all kinds of stuff at Patreon.com/slash/ifanboy. And we're long, but we should do one email because we didn't do yep. one last week. Let's do Andrew M. from Spain because it's related to this week's discussion. My favorite monthly book right now is Mr. Miracle. Given that the series will soon come to a close, what direction would you like to see and what direction do you believe DC will choose with 40s characters? Would you like to see some more new God stories from King and Garrods? No. No. <laughs> Not now. No, I think like, we I should don't... bounce around and do whatever. Yeah, I think that's that's probably the best way to go. The thing is, they didn't they, they didn't choose this. Yeah, they, they did. Like, but it wasn't like they had a burning desire to tell a new guy story. They were offered Mister Miracle or some other character. I don't remember. And they chose Mister Miracle. Yeah, but it was an offer. It was a choice from an offering. It wasn't like they have they've had this pitch in the back of their minds forever. Right. You know, I would say that if a burning idea comes up that sort of expands from this or goes to a different corner of it or something, and that's a thing that they want to do, fine. But I don't want more because I liked this. But also just the way this story is going, it looks like mm-hmm. this particular version of the New Guys is having the uh, door closed on it. I, yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I can't, I, I can't say where that's going to be. You know be, who would but, know? 
Who? Rusty Richardson. Yeah, that's true. But like we, I, I, I would, but I wouldn't want to do more of the same. They did uh, Sheriff of Baghdad, and then they did this. Two very different stories. They've done Batman together. I think they should explore whatever they want to explore. But I think it's more interesting if they do all kinds of different stuff. Personally, I, I mean, I told, I totally agree with that. Like you know. It's just it's not designed to be that thing they keep going back into. But again, if that's the thing that that makes if they them want excited, to, fine. Yeah. But where do I think DC is going with these characters? I don't think they know. I think they obviously seems like they're coming back to the terrible new Fifty Two designs, which which is what will happen. Which is what's going to happen. And they will be dedioed and put in everything, and you won't think about them or know about them. They might use this as a way to sort of insert them into things, but it won't be this version of them. Probably no, it won't be at all. But the worst thing that they could do. It was not what we just said. The worst thing that they could do would be to have somebody else try to do it like this, like like Marvel did with Hawkeye that, yeah, after Fraction, yeah. would be to have other people try to follow up with this style because it will fail and suck. When something is so idiosyncratically of a certain creator, then mm-hmm. you, you just you – can't, you can't do it. Yeah. Yeah, so there's that. So there you go. Yeah. That's my answer. It is great. It's, it's, you know, it's a thing that I would enjoy for now and, and you know, let's take it, take it as it is. Contact at ifanboy.com is where you can go and get your – well, not go, but you, you can't go there. It's not a place. It's not like it's Toledo. Well, that's the, that's the, that's the verbiage though. That's how you – It's a state of mind. No, it's, a, it's an actual – It's a place it's on the a, internet? On the, on there's the, an IP address and everything to go specifically true. there. So send an email to it. You can maybe get it in the show. If we ever stop talking about books, maybe we should take one book off the rundown. This double shipment thing is killing everybody. It's destroying the show and the format. So stop mm-hmm. it. And the backs of colorists everywhere. Well, uh, <laughs> That's how that works, right? Uh, do you do you have any uh, any special editions coming up that I don't know uh, about? I don't think so. I was looking at the list recently, and we are avoiding Venom like the plague, which comes out in a couple of weeks. We're not doing TV shows anymore, so there's nothing on Iron Fist or Daredevil was just announced and Titans. And so I, I think the next, I think the next special edition might be like Aquaman. No, Spider Man into the Spider Verse is December fourteenth. That might be the next. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's anything until then, which is weird, but that might be true. I would see Venom. If you want to see Venom and do a show on it, feel free. <laughs> I'm not able to, and nor do I want to. All right, good. I'm traveling the, the weekend. Well, just everybody listening, that was in no way a promise. Uh, you can <laughs> listen to uh, the last talk split I did with Jeff Parker. We're ahead of ours. We're finally not behind schedule right now, so it feels like I shouldn't be talking about it, but it actually hasn't been so long. It hasn't even been a month. Uh, go back and listen to that conversation with Jeff Parker, and then you can listen to the book split we just released this week, uh, where Connor and I talked about Superman Blue Volume 1, which uh, is about, is it 14 issues? Yes. Yes, 160 something pages from the 90s, late later 90s than I thought initially. 97, I think. Where Superman changed his powers and got a new costume. He's the blue Superman. Um, we read all of it and we talked about it. And you can find out whether we liked it or not. But I can tell you it was really fun. It's on the feed right behind this show. So there, you can find that yes, there. You can find that on the feed. You can find it at ifanboy.com. You can find the Talksplodes. You can find all of our podcasts other than the aforementioned video shows, which have been erased from existence. They're all at ifanboy.com. Uh, as well as the pick of the week. Well, not anymore. The show is, not the, not the written pick of the week. You can find out what the pick is before the show comes out by liking facebook.com slash ifanboy or following ifanboy on Twitter. And you can follow us individually at Jay Flanagan on Twitter and Instagram at CS Kilpatrick on Instagram. It's good work. If you like this show, go to iTunes or I don't, does anyone else still even rate these things? I don't even know. But iTunes seems to be the main one. Uh, leave star rating, leave a written review. That would be helpful to us and nice. But the other thing you can do, the probably more direct thing, is to share it with folks that you think might like it. Talk yes. it up. 
link it to people. Don't link it to creators. If we say something about their work we don't like, that's just rude to them. But if, uh, I don't know, I don't know where I was going with that. But uh, somebody did that to me recently. Oh, really? <laughs> no, no. Somebody linked me to people like who I should interview. And I was like, I, uh, that's, then I have to be in a position to sort of inadvertently say no to them. And I don't like that. Yeah, that's not, that's not cool. Yeah. Anyway, but seriously, everybody who does that, uh, we really appreciate it. Um, I, you know, every time I see one of those posters, somebody's like, what podcast should I listen to? And somebody's like, I have been listening to this for years and I'm still listening to it. I'm always touched by that. I love that. So um, everyone who does that, thanks. And, and, and please keep that up. Yes. And that will do. That's it. Okay. Another good week of comics. It really was. It was a good week. So there you go. Kind of wasn't a chore to read a lot of them. Pressure's on you, comics next week. Mm-hmm. But less might make it easier for you. Fewer. Fewer comics. I don't even know what's correct in that instance. I know that there is a distinction. I just don't understand what it is. Well, until we figure that out, I'm coming. <laughs> Josh, hold on. I'm going to write that power down. <laughs> you can be cool. You can be shy. Say what you want. Say what you like.